You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We uh, are all about the world of apps and mobile technology. And we've got a really cool program today. We're going to be talking about that new Lenza app, John. I'm addicted already. It's uh, an app that generates pictures of yourself. From pictures of yourself. It sounds weird, but they're glorious. As long as you put in good pictures of yourself. Yeah. Some, well, they're not all glorious. No. Some are a little like weird, creepy, yes. scary. Yeah. But uh, you're going to start seeing these photos all over your Facebook feeds because everyone's kind of getting into it now. We're going to explain what it is, how to use it. How and, much it costs. And how, yeah, and should you use it? <laughs> uh, we'll also be talking about the Water Llama. This is a, a cool app that keeps you hydrated. How does that work? Well, we're going to tell you, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to talk about how gaming companies are using the cloud to make all their games happen. Everything's multiplayer now, John. Yes. And the cloud is a big component of that to connect everyone. Well, the cloud now is also being used by developers as well. Because before in the past, they're all kind of developing on their own computers and it's kind of stored there or on a server at the game company. But now it's being done, done up in the cloud. Thanks to the pandemic. A big thanks to the pandemic. I guess one thing you can thank for it. Let's look at some of the uh, the app and mobile news uh, out there, John. Uh, and this, this, this news story didn't surprise me one bit. Elon Musk at Twitter, he bought Twitter. We call it the dumpster, dumpster fire. <laughs> That's what we can say on the air. Yes. Uh, he's allegedly installed bedrooms for employees at uh, the Twitter headquarters. Because he just doesn't want them to leave ever. <laughs> Can you imagine being a Twitter employee, employee right now? Can you? How many like labor laws has he broken already? Every one of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Um, <laughs> so apparently he's under investigation, uh, allegedly, by the San Francisco building inspectors for installing bedrooms at its headquarters. Again, this is all alleg- allegedly. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll keep up on that. It story. sounds pretty believable, though. Yeah, when when I read them, like yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally see that. Okay. They ha- they have pillow fights in the in the evening. Sure, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the fun part. Uh, so the dinosaurs. <laughs> that's the segue. Yes. Uh, you know, if they were just a little more technologically advanced, they would be have been able to use this new website that uh, basically will show you how screwed you are if you if Earth is hit by an asteroid. Yeah, this I've seen this. Uh, a few of my friends have been posting these uh, on on social media. What their city would look like if it was hit by an asteroid, because it's an interactive map that lets you see how big of an asteroid would cause how much damage and how far ranging it would go. It's called the asteroid launcher. (laughs) And thank God for technology, John, because now I know if an asteroid hits Vancouver, how dead I will be. You won't even have to think about it. No. You'll just be gone. So they they used one example. Uh, You know, I think a lot of people have heard of Central Park in New York City. If a 1,500-foot diameter iron asteroid struck the edge of Central Park in New York City, it would kill 900,000 people on impact. The crater would be 5.6 miles wide and almost 1,900 feet deep. An equivalent to nine gigatons of TNT. Again, 
the Asteroid Launcher website. Check it out if you were worried about uh, asteroids, I guess. Uh, Adobe, they are a big software company, been around for years. You might know them from Photoshop. They created uh, the PDF. They also have a, a stock image site where you can go and purchase images for reports, for commercials, for whatever you need. Well, they populated that typically with real photographs. Taken by real photographers. Humans. Well, now they have computer-generated images you can buy from them. (laughs) I don't know why you couldn't just go and get these tools yourself and tell the computer to make that for you, but maybe they're good at words. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, though, because... To use Adobe Stock, you have to give it a search criteria so you can find the type of imagery you're looking for. That's exactly what you have to do with these image tools yes. to do that. Now, the caveat is that the really good image tools, there is a, a fee associated with using those tools because they use a lot of cloud storage power and computing time and that type of thing. Adobe Stock just has them pre-generated, so they're not going to be tweaked to your specific needs, but it's kind of about probably about the same price, I would imagine, um, if not more expensive to use Adobe Stock because you're paying for a much higher quality version of that imagery um, depending on what you're going to be using it for, whether it's like a website or you're going to use it like on a billboard or something like that. But it's just really interesting that they're using the services that people are already using to, to sidestep Adobe Stock. Yeah, I wonder how they'll fare. Do you, you mean, you know, these stock image sites like Getty Images and, and places like that? Yeah. They make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, one thing I learned this this last little while, a lot of times AI generated art, it'll have what looks like a little watermark at the bottom. That's not because they've ripped off someone's actual art and they just sort of blurred it out. It's because the AI thinks that the sign of a good piece of photography or artwork has a watermark on it. So it puts its own watermark on it to make it look more legitimate. But what if you don't want that? Well, can you say I don't want a watermark on? Well, you have to Photoshop it out. Okay. You can't. You probably could use a prompt that says yes. No, no watermark. But so the computer's putting a watermark on it to make it look more human, more legitimate. Yeah. Scary. But you know, a a lot of listeners like are wondering how does it do it. It's almost kind of like the human brain, though. Yeah. John, when you think about it, like we can create art and and write stories because of data input, right? Experiences. Experiences. Everything we do in this world, everything we learn is going into that that meat inside your skull there and getting stored. And that's you know where you get those life experiences to create this art. And that's what's happening with computers now. They're using data sets, they're called. They're inputting in thousands, if not millions of images so that the computer knows what a dog looks like right. in a million different poses. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And no. that's just kind of the simple answer. It's kind of like a human brain, but I guess, you know, couldn't do it better than a human brain. Well, we're seeing the advances literally overnight and they're just getting faster and faster and faster. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm trying to explain this to people. Like I've never seen technology, a, a technology advance so quickly. Have you? No, never. No. Like when a new piece of technology comes out, something kind of revolutionary, for example, like smartphones, like that, it seemed like they just kind of happened overnight, but it didn't. No, it right? took like 10 years to really- At least, make yeah. A, make an Same with the internet, right? Yeah. When the internet came out with the World Wide Web. Oh, it's just a fad. 
it, it was just a fad. But it, it took at least kind of 10 years to kind of gain traction and hit more mainstream. It feels like AI done that, has done that in like six months. It really has. Yeah. Like I'm just looking at the, one of the tools, we've talked about it a lot on this program called midjourney.ai. And, you know, you introduced it to me and I started using it and I was blown away. Yeah. And I thought, this is good. Yeah. But I've seen some of the images lately. They've just come out with a new ver- version four or whatever. Yeah. And John, I, it's like going from VHS to 8K. I, I did something today just for fun. It's it's the holiday season. I said, I told Midjourney, make me a Christmas tree made out of candy. And you would not believe what it created. It's just stunning. Like literally a tree made out of all kinds of different colorful candy. <laughs> it, it is it is weird. Uh, moving on here to another story. We've talked about uh, the new satellite emergency feature on the new iPhone 14s. And I mean, it's kind of a game changer, right? Yeah. This is fantastic for people that are in remote areas that don't have cell service. You have kind of an emergency backup feature now that you could reach out to emergency responders for help. And someone in Alaska did. They were on a snowmobile trip and needed help. And they used that feature and the emergency responders were able to locate them. Sadly, a lot of people lose their lives because they can't get any kind of help. Because they're, you know, this guy was out in Alaska somewhere with his snowmobile. There was no cell service there. And he was able to get help. That's 2 a.m. That's amazing. In Alaska. Yeah. That's not where you want to be stranded. No, no. I mean, this, this, I mean, that's an, a bit almost an extreme example, but this technology should be in every smartphone and it can impact anybody that goes for a hike. Yeah. You, anyone that outdoorsy people at all that get into trouble or even if you're just on a road trip and you have no cell service where you are. But John, we, we live in Vancouver yeah. and how many stories a month do we hear of some, I'm not going <laughs> to be negative, but someone going off trail and they're lost and search and rescue has to go and try to find them and it doesn't always end well. It does not. No. No. Often it's tourists, but a lot of locals go hiking all the time yeah. too and thing is you can see the city you just don't have cell service yeah but with these new phones like the iphone 14 well it's the only phone uh definitely a fantastic feature okay we're gonna have to take a break when we come back we're gonna be talking about lenza an app that makes better pictures of you than you can take yourself back after this you are back with the app show mike agarbo here with john beeler we're going to talk about an app and you're probably seeing the output of this app on your social feeds. I know I am. It's called Lenza. And they've got a feature in there called Magic Avatar. And so Lenza is kind of like a, uh, a video and photo app, you know, for enhancing selfies and creating, you know, memory albums and things like that. This Magic Avatar feature uses AI to create really cool images of yourself. And so what it needs to do that is a data set. You have to upload 10 to 20 selfies of yourself. Specifically selfies. Specifically. And from my experience, uh, the more variety and the closer up the face, uh, you know, the close up of the face, the better. In different angles, that type of thing. Yeah, it's, it, it literally lives up to his name. It's magical. Like I've done it a few times now 
And every time you run it, you get different results. So you got to have a subscription to the Lenza app. And again, there's an 11 day free trial. So yeah, that's the key thing. It's a free trial. So sign up for it. You agree to it when you download the app, but then immediately go into your subscriptions on your iPhone or your Android device and basically make sure you cancel that subscription. It'll still let you use it for like the the Also the cancel it right away. Cancel it right away. It'll tell you when it's going to be turned off. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you forget, it's $60 US a year. I got to tell you, John, I almost want to keep it because I'm... I know. Because of my vanity. Yeah. <laughs> but, th- but then once you want to use the Magic Avatars, you do have to pay per run on that. And you upload, like, like Mike said, uh, 10 to 20 uh, photos... And then you choose what kind of output you want. You can get 100 uh, avatars for about five bucks. I did the $6 version, which gives you 200. <laughs> and I did, it, I did it three times with yeah. three different sets of photos. Because you're that vain. No, I just was curious because I kept seeing... Sure, I'm curious too, John. <laughs> well, I kept seeing some of my friends getting some amazing results. Yeah, but I, I saw yours. You, you, they're fantastic. Well, it's crazy how good it looks. I don't even want to take real photos of myself anymore. No. I'm just going to pay this thing to make photos. Well, that's why I made 600 of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best $18 I've but, ever spent. So explain, like there's different themes as well when it spits these photos out. Yeah, so essentially you get, depending on the what package that you got, you get, I think there's 10 different themes and it depends on the size of the package you get as to how many samples in that package. So there's themes and it's different for... Uh, males and females. There's also another category, which I'm curious to try. If you select that, what you're going to get. Like, I don't know, you're going to get animals with your face on it or... Oh, I don't want to know. I don't know. But, so things like science fiction, adventure, something that looks... Fantasy. Like fantasy. Astronaut. Yeah. Like me... Anime. And, me, me in every kind of astronaut outfit you can imagine. Yeah. I'm on a spacewalk with no helmet on, apparently. <laughs> But they're so good. So, I mean, they're stylized. They're also, there's photorealistic versions. Uh, John, I look great in these. Some of them look like they're actual photos. Yeah. But I know that those photos don't exist. Yeah. And there's... Does that, does that freak you out a bit? A little bit. I'm a little jealous though, because some of these photos have really nice clothes that I want. I know. That's, that's the first thing you said to me <laughs> when I asked you about this. And you, you just said, I want to know if I can buy these avatar clothes they have created for my images. Someone needs to make that service. Yeah. Because there's some really nice shirts and jackets I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've tried it on uh, for an unnamed female who was <laughs> not happy with me. <laughs> it did not go well. Did you, find, did you find the female version? I, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's just the whatever the training data sets that they use that are external to your selfies. Because uh, I, I ran a set for my girlfriend and using photos I've taken of her. So they're not selfies. They're a little bit more further away. Yeah. But a lot of her photos looked fantastic except for the eyes. It messed the eyes up. She had like cross eyes or just weird glitches and they do say when you run this that you're going to see some anomalies they can't help that that's just the ai doing its thing um but i generally agree that i think a lot of the females were a lot of my female friends that have done it they've been kind of disappointed compared to what their male counterparts have gotten yeah obviously men developed this probably (laughs) (laughs) no uh so the the woman that i ran it for not really not happy with me (laughs) Uh, they, they weren't that flattering. I think because I use photos 
that were too far away. Yeah. Well, I definitely noticed a difference between the first set I did. Yeah. Then I realized, okay, well, it's kind of like a character artist. When they look at you, if it's not a flattering pose that you're in when they're drawing that's, that's all they got. They're going to accentuate like your double chin or whatever. Yeah. And so I tried to pick photos in my second batch that were a little bit more flattering, better selfies, and I got much better results. I did notice the breast enhancement that's, on, the, on the female. Like, for I don't know why. Yeah. It was a little crazy. Extreme. Yeah. 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 Again, a dude made the app probably. Yeah. But I found it didn't, didn't age this particular female well. But again, um, it, yeah, like I, it was weird. Yeah. So, you know, if she was to run it with her own set of selfies, it yeah. would be much better. She will never, no, she will never load that app on. Like, yeah, like I'm still digging my way out of that hole. So always make sure you get your partner on board <laughs> with with these photo apps because it can go horribly wrong. Yeah. But anyway, it's called Lenza. We're talking about an app called Lenza. They've got the magic avatar feature. You're going to start seeing these photos all over your Facebook feeds because everyone's getting into it. One more thing. When you are choosing the set you're going to do, when it's done, it can take a long time to do this. And you can just leave the app, which is nice. But like I did one set and it was going to take 500 minutes. Mine was 700 minutes. Yeah. That's a long time. But that's an estimate and it tends to be a lot faster. But when you do get the pop-up, you can save those images. Make sure you choose the 4K version. You'll get the highest possible quality. You'll literally be able to use these as photos. Yeah. They're that good. App's called Lenza. It's got the magic avatar feature. When we come back, are you drinking enough water? Well, there's an app that will help you. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Got an interesting guest on the line. His name is Vitaly Mogilevets. Did I get that right? Mogi Levets? Yeah. Uh, yeah he, is, he is the founder and one of the, the folks behind Water Llama, a, a cool app that helps uh, keep you hydrated, reminds you when to drink water and uh, other liquids. Thanks for joining us. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. So do I really need an app to remind me to drink water? Oh, I don't know where to start. I didn't think myself I need one until I, until I tried drinking more water and noticed the difference in my own health and how it impacts because I could go for hours not knowing actually was I did I did I have that cup of water like two hours ago or not yeah and by the end of the day I never knew if I had any so how many cups of water should we be drinking well we've done a a bunch of studies and my wife who's now my co-founder Paulina has been helping me a lot with that. Um, She's been researching, reading all through the literature. Um, The general thing that's that's been recommended to to have is eight cups of water. So that's what you should have. But it doesn't mean that if you'll have at least like one or two more or less, it will be different. You still need to, you still need at least try to have as much as you can, not going over the top, of course, but like in my case, I could only have like maybe two or three cups a day without even thinking that did I have enough water. So by the end of the day, when I try to check whether I actually had enough, like I've noticed that probably I didn't. And that's where I thought, okay, let me try that. Let me actually have plenty of water throughout the day, at least those eight cups. But how do I, how do I count them? Like, do I have to keep them in mind? And I thought, okay, well, probably I should just use an app for that. But I've tried a bunch, and um, neither of them 
encouraged me to keep going and keep tracking. They've done the job at, at counting those cups, but it wasn't efficient enough for me to, to, to enjoy it, to use it. And that's why I thought, okay, I should, I should try maybe as a designer, try to come up to, with something to And when I did, yeah, I've, I've experienced a whole change in my own uh, mood and energy throughout the day, because if I'm hydrating enough throughout the day, the next day I wake up, I'm like, wow, I'm ready to go. But if I didn't, if I actually had those three cups yesterday, like I may wake up really <laughs> feeling de-energized to do anything. So when we say like eight cups of water a day, I mean, what about other liquids like coffee or milk, uh, juice? Yeah. Does that count in the eight cups? Yeah, it definitely is. And on top of that, like alcohol actually counts against that. So when you're drinking, let's say, juice, juice may have uh, less hydration ratio, which is something that, that's being called, like, if water is 100%, it hydrates usually by 100%. So when you have eight ounces or 250 milliliters, that's that all of that goes into your body. That's 100%. But that's 100%. Yeah. But if you'll have the juice or a can of soda, that will not be like that. It may, it may hydrate you far less, and it can be like some of some of the beverages can be like can have like eighty percent hydration ratio. Some of them can have a bit more or a bit less. But when it comes to the alcohol, for example, if you have like a a, a beer or a glass of wine in the evening, that's where it impacts you completely uh, differently because it actually dehydrates you. Um, what we learned is that um, there is that thing that. Um, that's being like it's 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 a science thing that I don't usually even go that much into because I have my wife <laughs> doing that for me. But what happens is uh, is the dehydration takes into effect is that you start starting to lose your water by going uh, yeah, going to the toilet a lot. With, uh, with the more alcohol you have, the more water you start losing, and you'll see. <laughs> so what we, what we did is in the app is that actually when you enter that that glass of wine, you'll see how now you have to have much more water to reach your goal. So if let's say you only had one cup of water to go, get that glass of wine, and you'll have an additional one pop up, right? And you'll be seeing that that llama being a bit less filled with that old water that you had throughout the day. What's the second best type of uh, liquid to drink after water? Um, it, it depends. It depends actually on on, on your own um, kind of like thing that you use. So if something gets you going, that's good. As long as you're not um, doing too many uh, sugary drinks, you're good to go. Like tea is great. Like green tea is great. Like coffee. Well, we have a challenge that that yeah that that prevents you. That helps you to track how much coffee you have, and we, we call it. Uh, escape caffeine cappuccino we have a bunch of those like cool names but yeah so yeah tea is amazing like juice we have a challenge that that helps you actually like if like i don't usually drink juices i can have like an apple but having like but i i forget to have an apple too but like if i have a cup of juice like once a day that's beneficial as well so as long as you're not overdoing those two because juices contain sugar too yeah so yeah juice juice is good tea is even better 
We're talking uh, with uh, Vitaly. He's uh, one of the folks behind Water Llama. Him and his wife have uh, put this cool app together that uh, basically keeps you on the straight and, nor- straight and uh, normal when it comes to uh, keeping hydrated. Uh, and apparently my six-pack of Coors Light is not helping uh, any uh, any of that. So <laughs> i got to keep on top of it. Uh, this is available in the Apple App Store, correct? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, you can get it on your iPhone, on your iPad. We have an Apple Watch app as well that syncs with, with the iPhone app. So, yeah, and we keep adding all the cool features that iOS uh, um, releases uh, every single year. So, yeah, we try to stand top of that, even though we're a small team, but we really enjoy having those like small things here and there. You, you can't helps you stay to that. Yeah, you, you can't escape the water llama, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but, Red, like, Water llama is the thing that was the beginning of it all. It's like it's a llama thing, but we have a plenty of characters you can enjoy. You can that you can have unlock them if you keep staying hydrated. So if you reach your goal, we give you an extra character. Like come back the next day, start logging your your new day. You'll get a new character to fill up. That's how we make sure you ha- there is there is fun behind that than just a boring habit of of tracking water. Making water fun to drink. I want to thank you for joining us, Vitaly. Yeah, it's 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 my pleasure. Always always cool to 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 uh, explain what we do and why we're doing it. Because in the in the beginning of it all, I created it to help myself and uh, helping yeah. others. Now uh, you can download Water Llama from the Apple App Store. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. We've uh, got a cool guest. His name is Rob Shoppy. He's the director of Amazon Web Services Game Tech. What aren't you guys into? So when we say game tech, what does that mean? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, so Amazon Game Tech, uh, first and foremost, um, earlier this year, we launched AWS for Games. Uh, AWS for Games is a portfolio of uh, purpose-built solutions and services targeting the games industry. Um, so our goal is to help every game customer, regardless of size, scale, platform they want to support, release the most immersive and fun games possible, uh, leveraging the cloud. And so how would they leverage the cloud? Is that for multiplayer gaming, for downloads, all that and more? All that and more. Um, So what we do is we have looked at the entire game development lifecycle, and there's essentially three phases of making a game, and that's building a game, running a game, and growing a game. And so what we've done is we've looked at those three phases, and we've identified how customers are building on the cloud today, how they might start building on the cloud tomorrow, or what they're going to do maybe five, ten years from now. Uh, And what we've said is, okay, let's identify what are the specific outcomes that they want to achieve. Uh, And then we look at the full portfolio of uh, services and solutions that AWS have. And so there's over 200 plus services available today. Uh, Our goal is to make sure that we can contextualize those services directly to our customers. And so instead of a customer coming to us and saying, you have 200 services, where do I get started? We're going to say, what is the outcome that you want to achieve? Is it you want to launch a game server? Is it that you want to do some type of analytics on your player base? Uh, And then we're going to provide the very prescriptive solutions to them uh, and then help them to achieve that outcome very, very quickly. And how long have you been in the game business? Uh, I've been in the game business for a little bit over 20 years. You're an old timer. Old timer. Uh, So what kind of companies work with you then? Uh, we work with customers of all sizes and scale. Uh, so today, uh, probably about 90% of the top 25 game companies are currently running on AWS. Uh, notably, um, Epic Games, uh, Riot Games. Uh, we also have um, Behavior Interactive, Ubisoft. So a number of games running on us today. 
I've heard of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're saying building games uh, and using the cloud, is that basically meaning like the programmers being able to be anywhere and all working together? That is correct. On the game at the same time. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the solution areas we have is cloud game development. And what this means is we're helping game customers to move the entire production pipeline into the cloud to be a native experience. And so how does that work now? It's all... So I know a lot of these game companies, they have little studios all over the world, right? Correct. Just to take advantage of all the, the talent in, in different places. Yes, and more so um, from COVID and a lot of people yeah. now working from home. Yeah. Traditionally, um, people would have a PC under their desk. Yeah. But it became very costly for customers to start sending, sh shipping PCs or laptops all over the world. Yeah. People want to stay home. Uh, and so cloud game development, what we do is we help customers move uh, the source and asset control natively in the cloud. Uh, then they have their game engine in the cloud. Then we provide a virtual workstation. Uh, so earlier this year, we announced um, Amazon uh, Nimble for games. And what this is, is it's a, a virtual workstation with all of the core development tools required so then they can access that remotely, have access to their full developer environment, create a game, build a game, test a game, and then get it to their customers as quickly as possible. So they're doing that in the cloud. So do they have to have a powerful computer on their end then? They do not. They can so that, just access a remote workstation. So that would save a truckload of money because computers are expensive. They are. Yeah, especially gaming computers, yes. right? And it's a depreciating asset over time, yeah. right? And so in so this So are the, instance, the, the game companies saving money then? They are. Because obviously you're charging the money for the cloud. Yes, but that... Cloud, um, clouds aren't cheap. It scales up and down by demand, Yeah. right? And so instead of having a depreciating asset sitting under your desk yeah. for infinite amount of time, yeah. uh, now you can uh, leverage the cloud resources based on the, the need that you have. So if you've got 100 programmers and then it goes down to 10. Turn them off. Correct. Wow, that's very cool. Uh, so then like just the whole um, running the game now, because most of these games are multiplayer online. Yep. And so you have solutions for that too. We do. Uh, and one specifically is uh, Amazon GameLift. Uh, so GameLift is a um, server orchestration and matchmaking service. Uh, and so this is where, as game developers are building session-based games, think a, a first-person shooter or a head-to-head -head racing game, um, they come to us. And then once they load on to Amazon GameLift, we will take all of the infrastructure scaling uh, and make sure that scale uh, the infrastructure will scale up and down based on demand. Uh, and so as players jump in and they're playing this session, all of the servers scale up. And then as player demand comes down, all of the, the resources scale down uh, as they leave that session. And so do the game companies have to know like how many players they think they might have? Not necessarily, no. no. Uh, and that is the whole point. Uh, games are, it's a hit-driven industry. Uh, and so it's typically very hard for a customer to predict where those players are going to come from. And so the value of the cloud is to be able to flex and bring resources on demand. So as they see player demand increase, uh, then they know they have the resources available to them. Uh, and then player demand comes back down, all those resources get released. So they're saving money again. Saving a ton of money. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, so the third part you were talking about is like building their, their audience. How do, how do you help them with that? Um, we growing their audience. Growing their audience. Yeah, um, so we do that in, in multiple fashions, but a lot of it comes down to, um, one, analytics, uh, and two, um, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Uh, and so um, we'll take analytics as an example. Uh, as you're grow growing a player base, you want to understand as much as you can about your player population, and that helps you to design a better game, tell a better story. Because uh, so, you can see what they're doing, how long they're playing in certain levels, exactly. where they're getting stuck, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So we have an analytics uh, player telemetry solution where they can bring in all their data from any source that they have, uh, and then it comes into an Amazon data lake, 
uh, we help process that data, and then with some machine learning and AI on the, on the other side, they can make an intelligent decision based on that data. One of the examples being you're progressing through a game, maybe you're challenged because you can't get past a certain level. Uh, the AI will say, hey, this person isn't getting past that level, push up a small property file, detune the difficulty of that game. Now the player can play longer in that game, extending the overall lifetime value. <laughs> so I could be a really bad game player, and it's just helping me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the goal is to make sure that the player is having the best enjoyable experience possible, right? Yeah. And we don't want the players to be frustrated because that's going to cause them to drop out. And so the longer we can help the customer keep that player in the game and the player is more engaged and having a better experience, that's better for everyone. Favorite game? Oh, it's such a hard question. Uh, I will tell you, um, the game I'm playing now uh, is uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, it's a PlayStation first party open world game. Yeah. Uh, it's amazingly fun because I can walk from New York to San Francisco. And my wife is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just going to climb over a mountain today. <laughs> Do you, do you play a lot of games? Uh, I do. Do you have time? <laughs> uh, it, my wife works in the games industry as well. Okay. Uh, and so... She's very understanding. When we're not working, we're yeah. both playing games. Really? Uh, she has her set up in the living room. I'm yeah. in my office. We'll be playing head-to-head. -head. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that's possible based on the technology the cloud provides uh, and being able to say, okay, how do we have these multiplayer connections and play either a co-op experience together um, or head-to-head -head experience when she wants to challenge me. What, what excites you about, like, two years down the road? Like, what kind of stuff are we going to see? How are games going to be better? Um, faster, uh, uh, faster time to market. Uh, and so typically as game developers build games, today they have to primarily think about what platform they want to go. So think PC, console, or what type of mobile device. And then they have to prioritize that. Uh, as we move towards a, more of a cloud-streamed uh, game world, um, you're going to see game developers build a, a cloud-native experience. Uh, and then you query the endpoint, so an endpoint being a PlayStation, a console, or XR, VR, and they can bring that game to any player in the world almost instantly. And so accessibility of games uh, is going to be great. Uh, and then in addition, just the immersive quality of games. So you're going to have depth of experience uh, and just these really immersive experiences that you're going to get lost in for hours and hours and hours. We're talking uh, with Rob Shoppy. He's the director of AWS Game Tech. I want to thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. John, you're talking about that Christmas tree that you made using that, that AI tool. Mid-journey. Mid uh, so you ask it to make a Christmas tree out of candy. You just showed it to me. It is freaking amazing. It's like got a Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like it's it's got all the colors. It's got this crazy cool background. How does it even know how to place all Like Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I've done a few of them and... All of them are spectacular. How much does that one cost? Um, it's, I think, $10 a month. And how many images can you make? Uh, probably a couple hundred a month. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. But you must go down rabbit holes. I do. Yeah. I do. Well, the thing is, the nice thing about these apps is you can run them on your phone. So I, I can be out at the, at, the, at the brewery and we can be doing something and it's just spectacular. I want to thank all the folks that uh, helped put the program together. Of course, uh, John, uh, my co-host and producer, Robin, back at the studio. Don't forget we have a sister show called Get Connected. It's uh, on, on the Chorus Radio Network every Saturday. And 
both the app show you're listening to and Get Connected, we podcast them. You can go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Up there, we've uh, got all the links to the latest radio shows, and you can also subscribe to the podcast uh, as well. And we do a lot of videos, a lot of great how-to videos. And you and I are on Global quite often, so our segments are there as well. Yeah, where we uh, kind of talk about the latest uh, tech news and also show off some of the latest uh, gadgets that we get uh, into the studio uh, as well. We're excited. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, we get to go down to Vegas to the Consumer Electronics Show. So uh, again, again, uh, <laughs> on next week's uh, Get Connected, we'll be talking with the folks from the show about uh, some of the trends that we'll be seeing at uh, that, uh, that fun event in the first week of January. This is Mike and John signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time.